welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Like the year of August Falcha. Hi, hello and welcome. It is John O'Sullivan from the Irish Pagan School and we are here with our weekly check-in chat and coffee talk. The topic for today is an interesting one that I came across uh, a query of in our social media spaces, wondering about Ireland's goddesses of sovereignty. In this particular instance, it's Banva, Fodla and Eru. Um, before we dive into that today, um, I'd like to invite you to go pick up our latest free resource, our latest free kind of thing to to check up and explore for yourself. And it's called Roots and Reverence. You can find it at irishpagan.school forward slash roots. It is a process of, you know, approaching and exploring the idea of your ancestry and connecting yourself to your spirituality through your ancestry. If you have Irish ancestry or even if you don't have genetic Irish ancestry, because um, it that's available to you too, to explore and to connect with it. So um, as I said, irishpagan.school forward slash roots. So back onto our topic today, we're talking about Banva, Eru and Fodla um, or Banva, Fodla and Eru, depending on which way you want to go about it. The reason why we talk about these three is because of the impact that their names have upon Ireland. In fact, the Irish word for Ireland is Aaron or Era, which comes directly from Eru. And so it is this goddess of sovereignty, the name of this goddess of sovereignty that is still is literally upon the name of the island in our native language as of now, right now. Um, and the reason why that name is on the island of Ireland goes back to our mythological stories. And so the person who was wondering about these goddesses of sovereignty um, was wondering, where are the resources? How can I kind of figure this out or explore this for myself? And the place you need to go looking is the, from an academic point of view, the mythological cycle of Irish lore. So, of course, there's four cycles. There's the mythological cycle. Then there's the Ulster cycle. Then there's the Fenian or Oceanic cycle. And then there's the cycle of kings, which takes us into uh, the more kind of lists and glossaries and annals of kingship in Ireland. Um, but as we go back into the mythological cycle, we're dealing with the origin tales of the world and of Ireland and the different variety of tribes that come and go into Ireland. And it is in specifically the Laragabala era and the book of taking of Ireland or the book of invasions that we find mention of these goddesses of sovereignty. So when we go back to Laragabala era and um, we have to look at a bit of a timeline as well. So when we talk about the Irish gods, the gods of Ireland are said to be of the two of the Danon, the tribe that came into Ireland. Now, they were not the first tribe to come into Ireland. They were, in fact, the fourth. So there was the the Caesarians just before the biblical flood. There was the Parthelonians that came afterwards who died of a plague. Then there was the Namidians. Um, Actually, two a day were fifth. The Namidians came in, and it was the descendants of the Namidians who went out fleeing oppression of the Fomorians. And then the Firbolog came back out of Greece, the defendants of descendants of Semyon of the sons of Nemid. And they were in kingship in Ireland. And it was after that that the descendants of um 
Botach, Botach, uh, B-E-T-A-C-H is how it's spelled, um, who was son of Irimbale, the soothsayer, who was son of Nemed. And so that's the two out of Danon, who is that tribe to return. So they are the fifth tribe of people to return into Ireland, but they were not the last tribe of people to come into the Ireland, according to that story, because the last tribe was the sons of Mill, the Milesians, um, who came as a conquesting force into Ireland. Now, I've done a class in the Irish Pagan School on the taking of Ireland, which, you know, explores this uh, and the the nuances that we see in the stories of the two of the Danans arrival and their conflict with the Verbolag at the first battle of Moitura. And then later when the Milesians arrive and their conquest over all of the two of the Danan and how they treat and interact with the gods at that point. But where we find these three titular individuals, Banba, Fodla and Eru, is in the latter days of the Tour de Danon. So after the second battle of Moitura, where the Tour de Danon battled against the ancient enemies of their ancestors, the Fomorians, who were brought into Ireland by the deposed king Bress, um, Lu was king in Ireland. And so Lu ruled for 40 years, we know, but then Lu met his demise at the hands of three of the sons of Kermit, um, who were Eher, Teher, and Eher, Teher. It, I think it's Keher as well. Like, you know, there's the three names to those three lads. And they are the three sons of Kermit who Lou had previously slain. And the Dagda may have brought him back, but there was still an injustice apparently there. And so they attacked Lou and Lou and wounded him. And when Lou fled, he fled into a lake and he drowned in the lake. And so that was the end of Lou's kingship in Ireland by these, the hand of these three sons of Kermit. The next person to take the seat of kingship was the Dagda, who ruled for 80 years in Ireland. Now, there were other kind of kings. Like, you know, we know Bov Jarrig was king in Munster around a certain time. He was son of the Dagda. But the whole, the, there was kind of the one, the main king of Ireland, and that's the seat the Dagda took. But the ones who followed after that, which, you know, aligned with the arrival of the Sons of Mill, is a trio. And it is uh, Makul, Mechecht and Magrin, who are these trio of individuals who rule jointly as kings of Ireland. And those are the three names that were given to the three sons of Kermit. So, yes, the, the lads who had attacked and wounded Lou so grievously that he drowned in a lake actually did become the kings of Ireland. The grandsons of the Dagda became the three kings of Ireland at the end of it. Um, but Macul, McKechn and McGrain, um were married to the representations of the goddess of sovereignty. This was an understood practice that the king needed to not just serve the people, not just serve the interest of our world, needed to live in right relationship and balance with the other world. And the main function that we explore around that is this idea of sovereignty with the land itself and being wed to the land itself in these representation of sovereignty goddesses. And so the that's where we find the three names, Banba, Eru and Fodola, and they are married, they are wed to Makua, Makecht and Magreen, the three grandsons of the Dagda. And so at this point, you know, the two of the Danon are in dominance in Ireland. They have been carrying on, you know, everything is going great. But then the Milesians arrive. And the Milesians, actually, it's it's interesting because there is one son of Mill by the name of Ith, uh, I-T-H, and Ith is said to have been atop a tall tower in Spain. 
and looking out over the sea and on a clear day, on the clearest of clear days, you know, he saw something that he had never seen before. He saw something out there that, you know, no one had ever seen before. And it looked like an island. And so he got down into a boat himself and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go and explore this myself. And he came out of Spain, came down out of that terror and he found Ireland. He came into the island and he saw it was beautiful. It was abundant. It was amazing. It was fantastic. He actually went and was met at the court of the three kings. And he told them all about how he is of the tribe of Mill, the sons of Mill, and how they had pretty much conquered most of their way out of Western Europe Eastern Europe into the Western Europe. Um, and, you know, at that point, the three lads, McCool, McKechnie, McGrew, and the three kings were very worried about it going home. And so they slayed him. They they slew him. Uh, but even though they killed him, they actually put him in his boat and sent him home. And so what happened was that Ith's body washes up in his boat and the rest of the sons of mill um are very confused by this and they're like what the hell where did this happen how did this happen and eventually they find out about the existence of this island um, and that kicks off the invasion that kicks off this invasion into ireland by the sons of mill with their conquesting host and so it's as part of this that we find a little bit more information about bamba eru and fodala um because what happened during that story is that the Sons of Mill arrive in Ireland. The first person to step off the boat is a guy called Amergan, Amergan Glungal, or I'm Amergan Whitney, and he is the filler of the, the Milesians. Now, filler is like the top tier, the highest, the best of the best kind of poets. Um, but it's not just poetry and artistic performance. It is the function of memory. It is the function of recollection. It is knowing the names of everything and the naming of things, therefore giving you power over things. There is a whole levels of magic involved with being a bard or being a, a filler or a poet. Um, and there's actually classes on that at the Irish Pagan School, not teaching magic, but teaching, you know, information around it um, about being a bard and the responsibilities because the bard functioned as as the repository of knowledge. They were the person who remembered everything, remembered the judgments that the Brehens handed down, remembered like the, the the hospitality or the lack of hospitality. Because what kicked off the Fomorian War, the second battle on Moitura, was the depo the deposing of Bress. But the last thing, the coffin nail really for Bress's rule in Ireland or the failure of Bress's rule as king was lack of hospitality to a bard. <laughs> Um, he straight up gave poor hospitality to the bard and the bard gave him enough warning, said, listen, you need to make this right. But uh, the breast didn't make it right. And so the bard performed the proper satire, legal satire against him. And that told everyone that there was no hospitality in the house of breast. Um, so so we're talking bards. Bards and fillers are pretty fucking top notch big deals. And so this particular fellow, Amergan, he steps off onto, onto Ireland for the first time. He declares himself to Ireland in this lovely piece of poetry and um, everything that he witnesses of the island and then declares himself to the island. He announces who he is, who, what people he's from and where he comes from. And then their invasion carries on. And as they move around the island, this is where we find the references to the goddesses because the, the sons of Mill having moved are moving around the island you know engaging in their conquest trying to take control they come to the places where these goddesses are 
And it says in the story that they have uh, a colloquy or a, a meeting or a conversation with these goddesses. And during that conversation, either they receive a rebuke or they receive like a, a combat or um, interestingly in one, they're informed of a prophecy which talks about the dominance of the sons of Mill arriving into Ireland. Now it's either Eru or Fodala who give that depending on which translations of the sources that we're dealing with here. But it's Amergan who kind of converses with them about the arrival of the Sons of Mill and this transfer of power. And what happens at the each end of each of these conversations is that the goddesses ask that their name be on Ireland forever. And so, like, you know, there is references, other names for Ireland is like Bodla, but also Banva, like, you know, and um, the one that is the dominant name is, of course, Era, Eru for Era. Um, and then, you know, we are people of Aaron, um, but the other names are actually still remembered and still part of the, the history and mythology of our culture on this island. Um, and so we have a couple of locations that go along with it. And now I have these just open here beside me um, because when the Sons of Mill come true, they meet with Bamba in Sleeve Miss, which is a mountain, the mountain there. And she kind of says unto them, if it be to you to take Ireland, if you come, is not right where the good fortune in which ye have come. So she's pretty much saying, listen, if you're here to take over Ireland, it's bad upon you. But Amergen is like, it's a necessity that we come. And she, then Banva is like a gift from me, from you for me. And he's like, yep, any gift at all. And it's like my name upon this island. And so it goes through, and then we reach um, Eru in Ushnok. Now, interestingly enough, when Dagda ruled Ireland, Dagda ruled from Ushnok. Now, the three grandsons ruled from different locations around the island. But for me, I find it fascinating, and I, it's probably going to be something I explore personally a little bit further. But Eru is in Ushnok, and Ushnok is this hill in kind of the center, kind of middle stomach of Ireland, um, middle area, midriff of Ireland. Um, and it is there that in one version there's a, a conquest and there's all of these warriors and set up against them. there's an entire army set against the invaders or the arriving sons of mill um and the the druids and the soothsayers of the milesians cast their spells against this army and then the army kind of is shown for what it really is which is the sods and turf of the land the land itself the trees of the land are revealed to have been like what this army was and so it's almost as if the it was a glamour army or a pretend army or from another perspective the army was the land itself because we're dealing with a sovereignty goddess who has authority over the island and um, in this instance it's it's this is one has two versions it's either eru or it's fodla in this instance um but that's the majority of the information we have on these goddesses. They are wed in union to the three sons of the the three grandsons of the Dagda, and it is them who kind of are in situ when the Milesians come in. Now, of course, the Milesians are successful, and the two of the Danon are forced into the Hollow Hills or the She, becoming the people of the She, um, and the Dini She or the Aes She, depending on what levels you're dealing with. Um, but the Milesians kind of take over, and they have dominance in Ireland. Which, you know, doesn't go well for them initially when it's interesting in the story because it starts when Amergan arrives in and he's talking about how beautiful and abundant and Ireland is, how green the fields, how fruitful the trees, how fishful the rivers. But then by the end of the story, Ireland is a wasteland. 
and there is no milk from any cattle. There's no grain growing in, in any of the landscape. And it's only by Amergan being called again by the new the new Milesian kings of Ireland that he is sent to try and make this right. And the only way he can make it right is to restore a right relationship with the powers of the other world. Um, and the function of that is by making friends with the Dagda in this instance. And so that is the information we have on. Now, there is more information out there. Eru's name carries on in the naming of Ireland. Um, and in fact, many people in the the Gaelic League, the early kind of formations or the recovering of Ireland kind of culture and society after our oppression. Like there's a magazine that was written by people who are fascinated by our ancient culture and literature. And that's a magazine actually bears Eru's name as well. So like going back to the 1800s and early 1900s, there's these magazines called Eru, um, which are exploring all of these lore. And it's, it's fascinating to actually see. And the fact that the name of our island is named for a sovereignty goddess still to this day now, and the reason why that name is on the island, we can see in our mythology and in our lore and in our stories, for me, indicates the importance of those stories. The real, the nature of our culture and our landscape in which we live is dictated to us through story, is remembered in story. And that is one thing I absolutely love about it. So if anyone's looking to find more about the three goddesses, they will need to go to, um, they need to look up Laura Kabbalah Aaron. There's a, a website, ancienttexts.org. Um, it used to be the Mary Jones website, but there's uh, a translation of Laura Gabala Aaron, the book of Taking of Ireland. And it is in the section about the arrival of the Milesians that we find the references to those three goddesses, Banva, Fotola, and Eru. So if this has been interesting, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I appreciate you being part of our community and stopping by for these videos. I will remind you again, we have that new resource available for you there. It is about ancestry. It is about connecting with your ancestry, even if you don't have Irish like lineage or great-grandparents or anything like that at all yourself. It's still something people can approach when they approach the concept of ancestry and lineage and where we connect and how we connect. So you find that it's called Roots and Reverence, and you can find that at irishpagan.school forward slash roots. As ever, make sure you're on the mailing list. Make sure you're connected in with us. We give these free resources on a regular basis, as well as have regular monthly hangouts as well, where we can have these chats and all the rest. So thank you very much for being with us. Look after yourself. And until the next time, Slam. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slán and we will see you next time.